0: Today we're going to be talking about the best gift ever. Turn to somebody and say, best gift ever. I, I can't help but think about all the Christmas mornings with our, our kids. Uh, they open up presents, and you can tell, you know, they're really excited to open up presents. They, they unwrap a little bit at a time, and they can see, and, and, and they say thank you, and then we go on to the next one. We, we, we have to unwrap them a little bit at a time because we don't want to just open them all up right away because it, it costs a lot of money for, for mom and dad to give presents. So we're going to stretch this thing out, right? But but the interesting thing is, you can tell whenever our kids get a present they like, versus when our kids get a presents uh, get a present that is the best gift ever. You can tell a difference, can't you? Because oh, thank you! I appreciate the socks from Grandma. Thanks a lot. Again. And and I'll wait to try them on later on, right? But whenever they open up that other package and and it's exactly what they wanted, they get up, they start running around the room, they start screaming thank you, they're wrapping papers going everywhere, they knock down babies, it's fine. It becomes a thing at our house whenever they get something that they were really looking forward to. And I realized something else is that that Christmas morning is I I better have some battery, uh, assorted batteries. I better have a screwdriver. I better have a knife. I better have everything it takes to open up packages and do stuff. Because the very first thing that they do is they hand me a package and say, open it, hurry. And so I spend half half a morning morning trying to read uh, a Chinese manual of how I'm supposed to be doing stuff. Anybody know what I'm saying here? Is it just me? Okay, good. Let's pray about it. (laughs) You know, the interesting thing is that all year I tell my kids how much I love them. But there are moments of their lives, especially like on Christmas morning, where I I don't just tell them I love them. I show them. I demonstrate my love by giving something to them that I know that is going to touch their heart and touch their life and give them a wonderful time. And and I got to tell you something that the older I get and the older my kids get, the more I have realized... Uh, a different perspective, a new dimension in my faith, and I think that I think that there, pretty much all of us in this room could understand this. Is that is that the older you get, and especially if you have children or grandchildren, um, if you're a, a, a aunt or uncle, or maybe you are an older sibling that helped raise your younger siblings, you know what it's like to all of a sudden to love somebody so much that you just want to give because. Because you know what it means to them. And and that helped me understand my faith in a profound way. Growing up, I knew that the Lord loved me. I knew that God loved me. But the older I get and the older my kids get, the more I realize that I love them so much I want to give. And, And God loved us so much that he wanted to give. And that's exactly where we get... The sentiment that it's better to give than to receive. That that somehow God has put it down inside of our hearts and rewired us so so that the blessing is actually on the person that's giving, not just on the person that's receiving. And if I have an opportunity to give something good to my kids, I want to take it each and every time because... Because there's a blessing whenever I get to see that it really does, has an impact on them. How many of you love giving to your kids? Amen. And I love giving to my kids. And that's why, that's why today I want to talk about the best gift that we've ever received. And that, that gift is, all right. That's the best Sunday school answer ever, isn't it? If you don't know what to say in church, just say Jesus and you're going to get it right unless we ask who the enemy is don't don't do that <laughs> But we're going to talk about not only that Jesus was the best gift, but but how you and I are to respond to the gift of Jesus. So, if you will, open up your Bibles with me to Romans chapter three, and we're going to be getting reading from from that chapter. As you're doing so, perhaps you're opening on on your phone through the Bible app. If you are, you can follow along with our notes online. Simply go to uh, the menu, click on Events, and if you have your local location services updated and, and enabled, then you'll see a map and you can click where Christ legacy is. That's, by the way, where you are located as well at Christ's Legacy. And you'll open that up and you get to see not only our notes for today's message, but all of the announcements, all of the helpful links, and, um, and so much more, even discussion questions related to the service today. Um, if you remember, anybody remember church bulletins? That's what that is. It's a church bulletin. So I'm so glad that you're following along with us. If you're following along with a, a actual Bible, thank you so much for bringing your Bible to church. I do both. I have a real Bible, and I have my Bible app. So I appreciate you very much. So as we talk about the best gift ever this morning, we need to understand the gift of Jesus. You know... If we look down deep into our hearts and our lives, and you don't have to look very far, you'll realize something. In order to understand Jesus in the best way possible, we have to understand something about ourselves first. Did you know that that I'm broken inside? Yeah, I'm pretty messed up, as a matter of fact. <laughs> but the truth is, is that the Bible tells us that, that we're all broken inside. And that's why we needed Jesus so much. Because we all has, have sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. As a matter of fact, that's Romans chapter 3, starting in verse 23. It said, for everyone has sinned, full stop. Everyone has sinned. Now I need some wives to look over at your husbands right now. Everyone has sinned. I need some husbands to remind some wives this morning. Everybody has sinned. You, you already knew that about each other. I understand. I need some. I need some adults to look at your children. Say everybody sinned. That's you. Everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. And what exactly is God's glorious standard? God's glorious standard is perfection. Anybody anybody in here perfect? If I see a hand I'm going to watch you come down to the altar. <laughs> It's true. The the fact is is that the word sin means to miss the mark. We have missed the mark. Think about an archer with his arrow pulling it back and aiming it at the target and then letting it fly. No matter how close you get to the target, no matter how many arrows you shoot, if you miss just one time, You've missed God's glorious standard. And the truth is, is that we've been born into the curse of sin. And because we were born into the curse of sin, we have missed over and over and over again God's perfect standard. Some of you might might have hit it once or twice. But the truth is is that we've missed it so many more times. But I'm so glad that that verse doesn't stop right there, aren't you? It keeps on going. Romans 3:24, yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sin. From the penalty of our sin. Friend, I can't tell you how big of a miracle it is to be freed from the penalty of our sin. Think about it. Every selfish deed, every, every bad word that you've said, every, every wrong motivation, every wrong thought that you've thought. That is what Jesus paid for. Whenever he came into this world and he lived a perfect life and he died a sinner's death, your death and my death. You see, maybe, maybe you're here thinking, why did Jesus actually have to come and die? Why did Jesus come like he did in the first place? I mean... If we actually serve an omnipotent God, you know, an all-powerful God, couldn't he just, instead of going through the whole thing that he did, why didn't he just speak down from heaven and say, I forgive everyone? Uh, why, didn't he just, why didn't he just say, okay, no more sin and snap his fingers and make everybody's heart right? Why does he allow all this evil into the world? And that's a good question. It's hard unless you come to it from a different perspective. Because you see, had he had done that, it would have been a contradiction to his very character. You see, God is completely and totally perfect. As a matter of fact, James chapter 1, verse 17 and 18 tells us every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not, what, change like shifting shadows. He is perfect, And there is no change in him. And because he's perfect, he demands perfection from his creation. But even to miss just once, even just to get things wrong just once, is sin in our lives. We've missed it, we failed to meet his glorious standards. So God couldn't just come and say, You're forgiven. Because he demanded that someone live a perfect life. And the only one that could live a perfect life would then have to die in your place and in my place. So that you and I could be forgiven of our sin. And this is the beginning story of Christmas. That Jesus came. That he came not just as as a king that would come and defeat sin. But he came as a baby. Why? Because he had to identify with us. He had to discover what it was like to feel the way that we feel, to go through pain, to go through heartache. He knows what it's like to be rejected by friends. He knows what it's like to look out and wish that he could do something or to be misunderstood. He knows what it's like to to feel loss. He knows what it's like for his heart to be hurt. He knows what it's like to be tempted. Yet even through it all, he didn't fall. He didn't fail. He didn't give in to temptation like you and I do. He was perfect in his life. And that's why it's so important to know that, that when God came into this world is as Jesus, it's so important to know that he gave himself. He gave his one and only son. John three sixteen. This is a Christmas verse. For this is how God loved the world. He gave. Somebody say, he gave. His one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Isn't that wonderful? That the Christmas message is about God giving the perfect gift. The Christmas message is not about judging the world, but about saving the world. The Christmas message is about restoring you and I back into perfection. The Christmas message is the perfect gift. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, it's so important that God didn't just tell us that he loved us. But instead, he demonstrated his love for us. That while we were still in our mess... He came, and he gave his life i, I um I have a one year old he's he's a little more than one like a year and a half, and whenever he eats, especially anything messy, he gets it all over himself and and we, so much so that we just have a pack of wet wipes that sits right next to his his uh, high chair. And whenever he's done eating, even if he's got a bib, he is just a mess. And so I would like to try to clean him up, but I hate getting messy myself. There is no other way for me to clean him up without me coming and being in his world. And so I get those well wipes. I get about three or four of them. And I start wiping him down. And I get a little on me too. That's why right after he eats, we go take a bath. Because <laughs> that's the kind of guy he is. And that's where I wash up too. I got to tell you something. That God came into this world and he identified with you and I, with the pain, with the hurt, with the mess that we find ourselves in. Yet he did not sin. He demonstrated his love just like that. So that's the best gift ever. That's Jesus. But we need to understand something about it. We need to understand how to unwrap that gift in our lives. Let's understand how to unwrap that gift. As I find my notes here. There we are. (laughs) See, we see that God loved the world so much that he gave. And so as we, as we receive his gift, we need to discover how we can unwrap that gift for ourselves. In order to understand how to unwrap that gift, we need to understand something about Jesus. My daughter, I ordered her a, a gift. One gift it was a piece of furniture for her room uh, some time ago. And, and it came in several different boxes, And it came in different boxes at different times. And so one of the interesting things is, is it's taken a long time to try to put everything together and then open it up whenever you're supposed to open it up and do it in the order that it's supposed to be done. One gift, many boxes. And I think that's how we look at Jesus, is that he is one gift, but he's so much to unpack. So I want to take a moment and understand that we can identify with Jesus through many different ways. First of all, we need to understand that that Jesus has love, grace, and mercy for our lives. We can identify with him because he has love, grace, and mercy for our lives. Think about it, Jesus' birth represents the ultimate expression of God's love for humanity. No one fully understands Jesus' life until we understand the the resurrection. it would have been so much easier for him just to speak for us to be forgiven. But but he didn't do that. He identified with us. See, God allowed himself to be born. So that he would know our pain. And that's what grace is. But mercy is something more. Uh, We talk about mercy as it is giving us not what we deserve and what we've earned. But instead giving us something that we didn't deserve. Something that we didn't earn. And then we know what compassion is. Compassion is looking at us with love. Those characteristics, those unique characteristics, those those are God's characteristics. And Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I figured out why I'm confused as I skipped a page in my notes. You're You're getting it twice now. Now we're going to talk about forgiveness and salvation. See, as we unwrap this gift of Jesus, we unwrap what it means to actually be forgiven and to be saved. When we come to the the altar, or when we raise our hand, or when we kneel by our bedside, we discover something incredible, that the God of all creation allows us to come to him and be forgiven for everything that we've ever done. And in that moment, Jesus and the price that he paid on the cross forgives us of all of our trespasses all of our debts and heals us completely from the inside out and as we we stand there we were once a sinner and then in that moment we become saved, we become adopted and we become his child that's what forgiveness looks like in one moment we were guilty and the next moment we stand completely and totally forgiven and it's that kind of transformative power that we that it's that forgiveness that is that transformative power in our lives that's why that we're different that's why we're not the same uh, as we were before that prayer we're different because God gave us forgiveness Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 says for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of uh, of the son he loves in whom we have redemption uh, the forgiveness of our sins. And that forgiveness is so special because it's not just forgiveness for here and now but it's forgiveness and it's Eternal. It is complete and total salvation forever and ever and ever. Now, some people, we, so, some kids get a, a gift and they play f- with it for just a few minutes. If you're like my kids, you put the gift aside and start playing with the box. But when we get salvation, we have it forever and ever and ever. And as long as you love the Lord and as long as you obey his commands and as long as you have a relationship with him, as long as you continue to choose him, he continues to choose you family. I want to tell you something so powerful that we respond to, uh, we respond to, to that kind of gift in a special way. And today we need to understand that we respond, uh, uh, to Jesus in our ability to give. This gift is so important. It's such a big deal that I, I want us to do something for just a moment. Right now, I want you to think about all the blessings that God has given you in your life. Th- think about all the things that God has done. You woke up this morning. You have a family family. You had a car to get here. You had a computer to watch us. You had a job. You have loved ones. All of the things in our life. That's really what we mean when we say, count your blessings. And as we count our blessings, we understand something. That if God responded to his love by giving his best to us, I believe with all my heart that we should respond to his love by also giving our best to him. So what does it look like to give our best to him? What does it look like to give the best gift ever, not from God to us, but from us to God? It's simple. It's the three T's. Time, talent, talent and treasure. First time. For many of us, we're grateful of the time that God took to redeem our lives. We're thankful for the time that God took to come and identify with us and walk in our shoes. We're thankful for the miracles that God has done in our bodies and in our families. We're thankful that God is, is uh, has never changed but is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We're so thankful that God never leaves us and never forsakes us. We're thankful that at any moment we can go to the Lord and he's there for us. But I want you to know that there are moments in our lives where perhaps we're not giving our best time back to him. There are moments in our lives where we have chosen, instead of praying to him, we have chosen not to pray. There are moments in our lives where maybe the best prayer that you prayed was the meal, uh, praying over the meal that you were about to eat. And it was about 15 seconds long, if that. And one of the best ways that we can respond back to God is giving him our time in prayer. What about giving him our time in reading his word? The love letter that was for us. I, I want us to be people that love his word, that read his word and care about his word. Because he cared enough to write it, we ought to care enough to read it. I want us to be a people that take time to come to church, to be with his family. To be with our family. I want us to be a church that loves uh, to, to come and to fellowship together, to worship together. We should give our best time to him. Number two, I want us to be a church that gives our talents. Inside each and every one of us, God has given gifts and talents and these gifts and talents are not just so that they bless us but they are so that we can turn around and bless others we ought to be serving in our church we ought to be giving of our ability to the people around us to the people that we work with i just a few uh, days ago we we as a staff went out and d- delivered cookies that was one of the best things i do all year Mean cookies. <laughs> and you wouldn't think that that cookies is a talent. But I promise you, if you've eaten a good cookie, you know it's a talent. If you try to make a good cookie and you didn't, you know it's a talent. The truth is, is, is that everybody has different gifts. And no matter what your gift is, you can find a way to use it for the Lord. The best gift ever is given to other people on behalf of the Lord. Those people that made those cookies, you've got a gift. Those people that stood and greeted this morning, y'all have a gift. Those folks in the, in the nursery or, or, or the kids' church, they have gifts. And if you are here this morning and you have given your heart to the Lord, God has given you a gift, the ability to serve, and we ought to be using that gift in this church and in our daily lives, blessing and touching others, giving back to the Lord our best gift ever by ministering to other people. But there's one other area, our treasure. Now you may be here and you may think to yourself, well, that's one thing that I don't have, treasure. I don't have a treasure chest somewhere. I don't have a big bank account. I don't have uh, nice cars. I don't have a nice house. I just, I barely get by. And I want you to know that when we say the word treasure, we're not talking about all those, those other things we're talking about faithfully giving the thing that God has given you. See, I want to take a look at the example that Jesus gives us in related to our treasure. It's out of Mark chapter 12, starting in verse 41. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offering were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. I want to stop right there and say something. Jesus himself was watching people give. Think about that. He's watching. He intended on sitting where he sat, he intended on looking at people give. Then he says, then it says this, many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came by and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Think about this. Rich people tossing it in. Had so much money, they didn't even have to count. They were just tossing it in. Everybody could see them tossing it in. They didn't care it wasn't going to get lost. It was a big gift. Toss it in. But that widow, she came by and she had two copper coins. You can't toss two copper coins in and <laughs> get lost. Matter of fact, if that's all you've got, that's important. And she, she put it in. She placed it in. She didn't toss it in. She, she placed it in. She, she was performing an act of worship while other people were just tossing stuff in. And then we read on, calling his disciples to him. Jesus said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. Think about that. Can can Jesus lie? He can't lie. If he lied, he would not be perfect. And if he wasn't perfect, he couldn't be our savior. So in that moment, Jesus said that that woman put more into the treasures than all the others. That means that Jesus is not measuring that that offering measuring the gift the same way everybody else is measuring because whenever I think and I look and I see people throwing stuff in and it's just big gift after big gift after big gift, I think to myself, that's a lot. And whenever she came in with those two little copper coins and just placed it in there, that's not as much as a big gift. But you see, Jesus is looking. He's intentionally watching. And when he saw that woman put those two little coins in there, it was more. There's more. See, he's using a different kind of scale. He's looking at a different, at things a different kind of way. Verse 44. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in what she could afford. She, out of her wealth or out of her poverty, put in what she had said. I said, no, it doesn't say that. Put in everything. All she had to live on. All she had to live on. I want us to notice some things about this passage. First of all, your best gift is a spiritual act. It's a spiritual act. As you give your gift in just a few moments... It's a spiritual act. Number two, I want us to notice something else. Your best gift is a sacrifice. It's not just your regular gift. It's not just your tithes. It's not a normal thing. It's a sacrifice. And finally, your best gift is valuable to God. It's valuable to God. Now, I am certainly not asking everybody to put everything in. I believe that the God has called us to be good stewards of what he's given to us. I believe that God has called us to take care of our family and our obligations. But I believe this, that God is giving us an opportunity tell ourselves and to tell him where our heart is. The Bible tells us that that where our heart is, or where our treasure is, there our heart is also. I want each one of us to prayerfully consider, as you have been the past few weeks, of what God may be speaking to us to give. I know that I have a gift My family will be giving this morning and I want to encourage each and every one of you to give. You see in this season right now of Christmas, the world would tell us that things are too tight, that, that we need to hold on to all of everything that we've have. But in this moment, it's a spiritual act in this moment. It's an opportunity for our end of year giving. In this moment, God is speaking to us and he's challenging us to give, to give generously and to give out of an act of worship. As our ushers come forward to begin to receive today's offering, I am so thankful and grateful that this is a generous church. But something that I'm more grateful and thankful for. I am thankful this morning that you and I serve a God that knows what it's like to give. That each one of us has been touched by the master. Each one of us has experienced the power of forgiveness. And each one of us knows what it's like to celebrate what he has done in our lives. We've counted our blessings. And today, I want to ask us to give. Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise you. I thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. I thank you, Lord, that in this season, Lord, the season of Christmas where we celebrate your best gift. Lord, I pray, God, that that we, in turn, Lord, would respond to your best gift by giving our best back to you in our time, talent, and treasure. Lord Jesus, I pray, God, that you would bless this offering and multiply it, Lord, so that we would meet the needs of this church, meet the needs of ministry, Lord, to this community, and we'll be sure to give you all the praise and glory, for it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Would you stand with me all over this place? Wow. We've got a great week. Looking forward to so much that's going on. We've got Christmas Eve service. We've got a New Year's Eve service this year as well. We've got so much going on here at Christ's Legacy, and I want you and your families to be a part of it. But I want us to think just for a moment, what would happen if you and I decided that we were going to give generously of our time, our talent, and our treasure? What would your life look like? How would you be different? How would, how would your family be different? What would it look like if you did everything that you You're supposed to in giving your time talent and your treasure I want to challenge each and every one of us to come together as his church and be obedient to the Lord in our Giving in our time our talent and our treasure and when we do that I promise you something that God's blessing is gonna flow that you're gonna notice a difference in your life and in your family. and I promise you this that Christ's legacy will be able to reach the community around us Do you believe that? Say amen. I want this church to be a place where people can find God, give hope, and do life together. Lord, bless us today as we go out and we love people and we serve people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Merry Christmas.